Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we normally pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And today is, or right now, is the last recording we're going to do in the decade of the tens, or whatever they're yeah. called. Whatever this decade is called. Yes. But it's over now. It's so, over. Yeah. So we never need to refer to it ever again. No. I'm just pretend this whole decade never happened. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the Boxy Awards of 2019. Yes, that's what they call it now, yes. That's what this is. Um, our inaugural awards ceremony. So we've just finished recording our annual year-end wrap-up of all mm-hmm. the films we saw in 2019. Mm-hmm. And we thought a fun way to draw a line under it all would be to give some entirely arbitrary awards to the films we saw in the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through that now. Yeah, so should we get started? Sure. Who starts in your me? Oh, you go for it. Okay, so the first award of the evening, I'm just going to read down that, our little notes in order, mm. is the WTF What the Fuck Moments of 2019. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and the nominees are Space Monkey Attack in Ad Astra. Lovely. Fat Four in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. The Boyfriend Gets... Oh, sorry, by the way, spoilers, spoiler alerts for a lot of films in 2019, so just, just bear that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> the Boyfriend Gets Sewn Inside a Bear and Set on Fire in Midsommar. <laughs> he's not my grandson, he's my grandson's gay lover in The Good Liar, and everything about cats. Okay, now, cats doesn't feel general enough to actually give the award to right here. Sure. My boyfriend gets sewn inside a bear. Yeah. That one... On though, paper, it's a winner. Like, yeah, but like during this film, it doesn't feel that It feels, blue. yeah, by, by that point in the film, you're kind of like, well, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Monkey's one thing. I'm not sure oh. Fat Thor's quite like a, whoa! So, for me, it's, he's not my grandson, he's my grandson's gay lover. I, I'm, I'm torn between that and Space Monkey Attack. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like I got a big laugh out of he's not my grandson, he's my grandson's gay lover. But I feel like that whole film was a little bit crazy, whereas Ad Astra was so boring and just out of nowhere having a monkey attack just felt like a real genuine... Yeah, actually, yeah. Is this a different film? I think you want me around. Yeah, cool. So the first one of the night goes to <laughs> Ad Astra for Space Monkey Attack. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, next up, best awesome action moment of 2019. Exciting. So we've got four four nominations here. We have in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, Rey teleporting her lightsaber to Kylo Ren. Okay, yeah, I'd say that's a pretty, pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. In Avengers: Endgame, we've got Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. Okay, yeah, a classic geek moment. Yeah, yeah. We also have The Rock jumping off a building to trace Idris Elba in a lift. Oh, is that in uh, Fast and Furious? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and yeah. Shaw. Okay, I think that's a good moment. That is a good, yeah. Because many... it's a very The Rock moment. <laughs> it is, and I know how you love a rock moment. Mm. I'll be honest, I can't really remember it, but... Mm. Okay, mm. fair enough. And finally, we also have Godzilla gets beaten up by a moth. In Godzilla, yes. <laughs> Good call. I think for this one, my pick, just for the nerdy resonance it had for so many people, I would say Cap picking up Thor's hammer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with that one I too. feel like that's the moment that made every nerdy heart jump a little bit. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not too far away from Rey teleporting her lightsaber to Kylo Ren, because mm-hmm. there's kind of a bit of build-up to that too, but sure. this one feels a lot more earned. Yeah, it, 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 there was more building to it, definitely. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I remember, because I didn't realise that was a spoiler, and I almost mentioned it, and you were like, John, no! <laughs> <laughs> you were very angry. Yeah, I thought it would ruin it for a lot of people yeah, who yeah, hadn't no, seen it. Enough, but, you know, enough. of course now, mm. people should have seen that film by now, and let's be honest, they have. Okay, okay. so the best awesome action moment goes to Captain America in Excellent. Avengers Endgame. Okay, next award, a uh, more uh, kind of run-of-the-mill one, but no less important for that. Best Actor of 2019. So Best okay. Performance by an Actor. Oh, okay. So in a leading role, I guess we should say. Yes, by a male so, actor. By a male actor, yes. So we have Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Tom Holland in Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. 
Joaquin Phoenix in Joker and Bill Skarsgård in It. Mm. So that was Daniel Craig, Leo DiCaprio, Tom Holland, Joaquin Phoenix and Bill Skarsgård. Okay, I want to rule out Leo. Yeah, I don't think I've ever loved that film quite enough. No. He was very good in it, but mm. yeah. Daniel Craig was doing the... I feel like he was breaking type more, yes. than, more than anybody else was. Bill Skarsgård was... You know, Bill Skarsgård and Joaquin Phoenix, they were both... Like, you couldn't really see the actor for the role. Yeah. I would say that Bill Skarsgård already was just continuing what he'd already done in It 1, so I, I would point. knock him down for that. Yeah, but what about Tom Holland then? Same? S- to be honest, yeah. Yeah. I would say this for me is between Joaquin Phoenix and Daniel Craig. All right. Yeah. Do you disagree? No, no, no. Um, I think I'm going to go with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. But also, it's a close one. And Daniel Craig, he did a fantastic job. Yeah. I think for doing so well at something that I never thought Daniel Craig would do well at, i.e. Mm. being funny, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly on, on team Daniel Craig for this. Okay. Yeah, I'll settle on Daniel Craig. Cool. Okay. Congratulations, Best, Daniel Craig. Best actor of 2019, Daniel yeah. Craig. I mean, I would love it if the Oscars followed that. <clears> they're not going to. But it would be great <laughs> if they did. Mr. Blanc, I know who you are. I read your profile in The New Yorker. I found it delightful. I just buried my 85-year-old father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I'm here at the behest of a client. Who? I cannot say, but let me assure you this. My presence will be ornamental. You will find me a respectful, quiet, passive observer of the truth. Okay. okay, Best Actress of 2019. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We have Elsie Fisher from 8th Grade. Yeah. Lupita Nyong'o from Us. Mm-hmm. Florence Pugh from Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Samara Weaving from Ready or Not. Mm-hmm. I've got to rule that out already, I think. Yeah, it was a good film, but... Yeah. Uh, Renee Zellweger from Judy. Yeah. Octavia Spencer from Ma. Mm-hmm. Olivia Colman from The Favourite. And Melissa McCarthy from Can You Ever Forgive Me? Okay. Uh... Much as I loved 8th Grade, I don't feel like that feels like a film from 2018 that we just didn't get to in time, because it was released quite late in the UK. Mm. So I'm going to count that out just to thin out the herd a bit. Sure, sure. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o was very good. Mm, she was, but... I don't know if it was my favourite of the year, though. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I also think that Florence Pugh Midsummer, yeah, she was great and all. She she wasn't the big standout of that film. No, she the, was... The film itself was the standout yeah, yeah, of that yeah. film. Uh, yeah, I feel like... yeah. I feel like something like Renee Zellweger. For me, it's Renee versus... I mean, Octavia Spencer was great, but I feel like Ma wasn't as amazing as we hoped it would be, as much as it was very good. Mm-hmm. This is Renee versus Olivia for me. Mm, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, because Renee may well win the Best Actress Yeah, it's basically yeah. last year's Best Actress Oscar <laughs> um, versus this year's Best Actress Oscar. <clears throat> I'm going to go Renee, I think. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Olivia Colman in this yeah. role. It felt more like capital letters acting. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the favourite feels a little bit like it's last year, even though it is this year. But you know, mm. I feel like last year's Oscars, it all kind of bleeds into like mm-hmm. the end of the last year rather than the start of the new one. Yeah, no, I, I agree, but that's a reason. No, no to, I don't think that's a reason to like not award anything. But I think it's more that Olivia Colman's role was a bit more open; she could do whatever she wanted with it. Yeah, and so she did loads. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Renee Zellweger, it was more of a closed role. Like she had to work to basically some strict guidelines as in, you yeah. need to play this existing person. Yeah, and she did it so very well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's We're going to preempt the Oscars and give that to Renee Zellweger then. Okay. Excellent. No. Come on. No, Sid. Judy. No. No. I'm working harder than you would ever believe. Are you? And right now my husband is making a deal for me that means I can start over. You're not listening. I have someone I can rely on now. Someone who's helping me make money instead of losing it at the track. Can we not? I'm going to get a place and they're going to live with me. I don't want them on stage with me. I don't want them in this phony business and I don't want them anywhere near the bastards who run it. But you have to let me be with them, Sid. I'm a good mother. So the next one is Best Supporting Actor of 2019. Mm-hmm. So we have Chris Evans in Knives Out. Yep. Jack Black in Jumanji The Next Level. Yep. Jake Gyllenhaal, God, this is a tough category, in Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Nope. No, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> and Richard E. Grant in Can You Ever Forgive Me? This okay. Is a tight four. Yeah. Now I don't think it's for Chris Evans. 
Like no. he, he he was great and he broke type to an extent. He has done comedies before, but this one doesn't feel like. I feel like he's still got his best film in him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think and this opened him up to me, but I don't think this is yeah. the best thing he'll ever do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we had an achievement in knitwear category, then sure. But mm. yeah, okay. Mm. So we've got Jack Black, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Richard E. Grant. For me, it's between Jake Gyllenhaal and Richard E. Grant. I think. Yeah, there was nothing Jack, wrong with Jack Black. No, Jack Black was great, but and he, but it, it wasn't anything in this one that he hasn't done yeah. particularly well before. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I really did like Jake. Damn, they're good. Mm. And like Richard E. Grant was more heartwarming, but again, I have a hard time with last year's Oscar films, which mm. maybe isn't probably isn't fair, but like it just feels like so long ago. Mm-hmm. But he was, and I, I wish he, I kind of wish he'd won the Oscar. Mm. I was, I was a bit disappointed he didn't. But then Jake Gyllenhaal was so, was just so much fun. I'd like to give it to Richard E. Grant. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah. in it, it's, it's a it's close a one, though. One. It's, it's a, a really one, but, tough one. But yeah, Richard E. Grant was really fantastic in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, best Supporting Actress of 2019. Mm-hmm. So this one we have Tony Collette in Knives Out. Sure. Rebecca Ferguson, Doctor Sleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Karen Gillan, Jumanji in Next Level. Sure. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez and Hustlers, uh-huh. Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both in the favourite. Okay. I'm pretty clear on J Lo on this one. Yeah, I think I am too. In terms of like um, a supporting character, like stealing the whole movie, I feel like Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz they didn't really do anything. Let's see, Karen Gillan, Rebecca Ferguson, they're definitely out of this category for me mm. now. Tony Collette was good, though there wasn't enough for yeah Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, she walked away with the movie, whereas Tony Collette was very funny, but she was only one part of a lot of good things about Matt's yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, J- that's a definite J-Lo win. We gotta start thinking like these Wall Street guys. You see what they did to this country? They stole from everybody. Hardworking people lost everything. And not one of these douchebags went to jail. Not one. Is that fair? You ever think about when they come into the club? That's stolen money. That's what's paying for their blowjobs. The firefighter's retirement fund. Okay. Worst ensemble acting from a movie in 2019. Oh, so, right. Rather than a single actor, we're just talking which movie overall had the worst <clears throat> acting. Okay. So we have Countdown. Mm-hmm. Cats. <laughs> Men in Black International. You can't say it any other way. It has to be cats. It can't just be cats. It's, it's got the, cats. You need the exclamation mark. You need yeah. the, the jazz hand. Yeah, it's mm. cats. Uh, Men in Black International. Mm. Hobbs and Shaw, mm. X Men, Dark Phoenix. Mm. Okay, I want to take Hobbs and Shaw out of that because I feel like it wasn't like the actors weren't doing their worst jobs. No, they were all doing like l- low range average. Yeah, The Rock elevated, you know. Yeah, yeah. Brought it up um, a good grade point average or two. What do you think about Countdown? What is that? That was the most Same indifferently is. acted. I'd say because it had no it had no stars. Mm. Uh, so it was. It was really me. It was the classic mediocre horror movie with mediocre acting. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I feel like this should be more awarded to a film where you actually expect better. Yeah. Like it didn't. It wasn't like Countdown. It needs to be more of a letdown. This wasn't a letdown. Yeah. The, the Countdown. I don't think anyone could have done much with the script of Countdown. Mm. Now, m- Cats, Men in Black, and X Men. Mm. I guess difficult. I think Men in Black. It wasn't awful because it did have Liam Neeson being a bit of a villain and Emma Thompson was doing a standard Emma Thompson for all of about two minutes. Mm. Again, I feel like that came down more to the script. I don't think it's Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson's fault that, that I agree. didn't work. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that they have chemistry in other things, even together. So, yeah. yeah. X-Men Dark Phoenix, nobody cared. Yeah. I think that would be my winner because Cats, I feel like, again, it's not the, it's not the actor's fault. It's the mm. horrifying visual effects that ruin that film and the lack of a plot. Like you can't, I don't think Judy Dench is like bad in the film. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, yeah, X Men Dark Phoenix, you've got a lot of good actors who just don't want to be there. Yeah, I'm happy to go with that. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, worst worst ensemble acting of the year, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> okay, best franchise movie of 2019. Ooh, this is gonna be a tough one. Best one. So we have Avengers Endgame, mm-hmm. Jumanji: The Next Level, mm-hmm. Spider Man: Far From Home, mm-hmm. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and Toy Story Four. Okay, I'm okay. going to immediately discount Toy Story Four. Yeah, I'm, I think I want to immediately discount Jumanji as well. Yeah, true. It was more of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would, I would discount Star Wars too. I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't say it was up there with the other two. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was the one that I could most identify problems with. I, I really liked it as a film, but mm. as a franchise film, as a satisfying that, franchise, that's film. where its problems. 
yeah. arise. A lot of the problems were that it didn't, like, all, the whole, as we discussed, the whole franchise didn't yeah. happen very well. Okay, well, Marvel or Marvel then? Yep. I know which one you pick. I don't know, John. Really? Okay. I don't know. No, I do know. No, I do you, know. of course you know that. <laughs> my, 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 my heart is with Spider-Man. I, I enjoyed that more. But I can understand, like, for achievements in franchise ending, mm-hmm. I feel like Endgame deserves it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For considering how many other franchises we've seen that have like like Star Wars that haven't pleased the audience nearly as much as so that. So rare to end a franchise or or a, a TV series or any kind of story. So satisfactory. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we've seen. I think twenty nineteen has been like the year of that of that not working. Like mm. obviously Star Wars. Not that Star Wars was terrible, but you know a lot of fans went against it. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of like disappointing franchise endings, and Endgame was just like. This is how it's done, bitches. Right? Mm. Yeah. So I, I feel like it would be silly to give it to anything other than Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm happy with you, that. Clearly you're happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, much more exciting now. Worst franchise movie of 2019. Ooh. We have Angel Has Fallen. Yep. Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. Men in Black International. Yep. Terminator Dark Fate. Yep. And X-Men Dark Phoenix. I'd get rid of the top two just because I don't think the fra- they were particularly any worse than the franchises they're, ex- they're associated with. I agree. I think that the the bottom three there, Men in Black, Terminator, and X-Men, they could all be franchise killers. Pretty much, yeah. Like, Men in Black was all... Which is all, insane. Yeah. Like, those are three <clears throat> big franchises. Yeah, they all did really <laughs> drop the ball this year. Like, Men in Black was our worst... I'll pick for the worst uh, film of the year. Yeah. But is there a distinction between worst film and worst... Because that was reviving a franchise that was mm. essentially already dead. Or it always dormant, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, did you have any expectation from it? And no. for, for Men in Black, no, not at all. Terminator, not really. X-Men, maybe? The, not another eye expectation, but like the films before it kind of mm. led up to something in a way. I don't know. Just those existing characters. Yeah, no. I, I, like X-Men Dark Phoenix is it's a literal sequel to X-Men yeah. Apocalypse. Um, whereas the other ones are not technically sequels to anything, yeah. they're, they're they're reboots. Yeah, it's like the mirror image of Endgame. It's like where Endgame was is, should have won because it did the best at ending a, a long-standing franchise. Mm. Even though it might not be as bad as Men in Black or Terminator, I feel like X Men: Dark Phoenix ended such a long-standing franchise mm. so on such a sad note. Mm-hmm. I think it it probably deserves to win this. Yeah, it was just such a wet farce of an ending for like a you know. Yeah. A very long-running and very beloved franchise, so, yeah. God, it's very sad, really. Yeah. I mean, that franchise has been going for 18 years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to come back around, but yeah, for that generation mm. to end it on such a, perf- a, a pathetic note is, mm-hmm. yeah. Damn. Not a good one. All right, next up, most pointless remake of 2019. Oh, okay. Okay, now, of, po- of course, we've got uh, three of the Disney ones. Oh, there's one missing there. I was going to say, what missed the cut? They all deserve it. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got the four Disney ones. We've got Aladdin, Dumbo, The Lion King, Lady and the Tramp. Oh, yes. Uh, we also have Pet Cemetery and Terminator Dark Fate. Okay. Um, was Terminator technically a remake? I'd say so. It's because it's Terminator 3 again. Oh, sp- okay. It's Fair not, enough. Maybe it's not a remake of the exact plot, but mm-hmm. I'd say it fits in this. Sure, okay. Um, I mean, if you want to take out that and Pet Cemetery just to make it a Disney category, I think it's pretty obvious that, that we're talking the Disney films for the because you know here. what we enjoyed Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery was fun, and Terminator was was terrible as far as far mm. as you tell me. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay, let's say worst pointless Disney remake. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aladdin, Dumbo, Lion King, Lady and Tramp. What do you think? This is hard. Mm, I know. I think take out Dumbo because it tried. Yeah. Yeah, that one did some stuff. Mm-hmm. Aladdin also tried. Yeah. I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards the Lion King. Yeah, me too. Because Lady of the Champ's so like irrelevant because it was just a TV movie. Yeah, yeah, they weren't building too much on it, yeah. and like they did also try something. They yeah. put in real dogs. I feel like the Lion King. Yeah, they, they gave they, they, didn't, they didn't really do anything. Yeah, and if you add, if you look at like the scale from like expectation to delivery, mm. the Lion King was the most disappointing and the most pointless. Well, I think that's yeah. that's that. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next one. This is a, a personal favourite of mine. <laughs> Best performance by a Chris in 2019. <laughs> I, we all love a Chris. There's a lot of Chris actors. So the nominees are Chris Evans in Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans as Captain America in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Sorry, as Chris Evans played Hugh Ransom Drysdale in Knives Out. Chris Hemsworth as Thor in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. 
Christopher Plummer as Harlan Fromby in Knives Out, <laughs> and Chris Pratt as Star-Lord in Avengers Endgame. Oh, very good. You also fought Chris Hemsworth in Men in Black. But that was never going to be an audition for best performance. Ah. Oh, is there a worst performance for Chris? There isn't. There, is, there were or, enough or, or Chris, I just, There were not I enough just Chris's for a worst one. Yeah, he just gets that by default, yeah. <laughs> But these are the best Chris's, so... Okay, so Chris Evans in Knives Out or Endgame, Hemsworth in Thor, Plummer in Knives Out, and Pratt in Endgame. No, Hemsworth in Endgame, sorry. Not Thor. As Thor in Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes, yeah. Uh, okay. I don't, think, I don't think it's Christopher Plummer. No. He was good, but not the standout, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not Chris Pratt. No, no, that was not his movie. He, he, he didn't have a lot to do. Chris Evans has got two solid entries. Mm-hmm. No, it's not him as Captain America. So it's... Uh, Chris Evans in Knives Out or Thor in Endgame. I want to give it to Thor, I think. I think I do too. He he had a lot to do. I think like he was really... If there was Not that there was he, one star of Endgame, but he was definitely right up there. I feel he like was a standout. He was a standout. Fat mm. Thor is iconic, you know, that's yeah. kind of, remembered forever yeah it showed it again he, he once again proved he could be funny but also serious and yeah yeah, yeah we're giving it to Hemsworth brilliant okay and his prosthetic beer belly okay next up the next award is the Gary Oldman award for achievement in scenery chewing yay okay so nominations Daniel Craig in Knives Out mm-hmm. Domhnall Gleeson Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. Jake Hall, Spider-Man Far From Home Ian McKellen The Good Liar and Octavia Spencer in Ma. This is a good category. Okay, I want to take out Domhnall Gleeson. Really? He would have been my front runner. In Rise of Skywalker? Actually, no, more in the other two. I mean, he does yeah. get that amazing line, I am the spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, compared to what he does in Last Jedi, you're yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. So, mm, Daniel Craig was great. Jordan Hall, I don't feel like he was chewing that much scenery. I think he was camping it up, but... He was camping it up. He was owning a lot of scenes, but... Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It, it wasn't quite as madcap as the other three. Ian McCallum was going for it only in like the past the, the last third of yeah. the movie maybe I mean the, just the scene of him shouting nine yeah. just, <laughs> it was amazing Octavia Spencer is that really what she was doing so I mean I mean kind of yeah I, I, I'm Daniel leaning Craig. towards Daniel Craig yeah, yeah. He, he again just doing something I'd never expected him to do mm, yeah and doing it just for his pronunciation of the donut hole line alone <laughs> yeah. yeah okay I spoke in the car about the hole at the center of this donut. And what you and Harlan did that fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut hole in a donut's hole. But we must look a little closer. And when we do, we see the donut hole has a hole in its center. It is not a donut hole, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. Cool. Okay, next up, next up is the cameo of the year. Oh. This does involve some spoilers, so mm-hmm. uh, just to let you know if there's any films you don't want to know about. Uh, although only, only a couple of these are particularly notable. So, nominees. M. Night Shyamalan in Glass. Great. Harrison Ford in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Natasha Lyonne in Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. And Usher in Hustlers. Hmm... Um, okay, well, I want to. I think I want to take out Stanley from this because mm-hmm. it just was the standard Stanley cameo, sure. really. Yeah. I know it's the last one. He was whatever, already dead, yeah, didn't? whatever. Harrison Ford was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, that was a very and pleasant surprise. I, I, I like I like his heart for being there. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, as you said, he probably he probably only came back to that film for the memory of Carrie Fisher. Absol- I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah, um, I reckon that otherwise that would have been Carrie Fisher's role. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So good on him for being a team player. Yeah, let's get rid of M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, Natasha Lyonne didn't feel like a good cameo. It was it was exciting to see her, but she only had, like... She was clearly just on set that day. Yeah. She had all of three lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and who else? Usher and Hustlers. It's Harrison Ford's, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It was the most pleasing, the most surprising. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it made a lot of narrative sense. It did, yeah. All the other ones were pretty... I think it made more sense to have him than it did to have Carrie Fisher so maybe maybe that was the plan I don't know no that was a good one okay so Rise of Skywalker wins that one for Harrison Ford okay pleasant surprise of the year okay so these are films that we didn't expect to like as much as we did yeah nominations being Brightburn Mm -hmm. Eighth Grade Mm -hmm. The Good Liar Mm -hmm. Ready or Not Mm -hmm. Shazam okay 
So I think if it was like, which of these five films is my favourite? Mm. I would say Eighth Grade. Mm-hmm. But which one pleasantly surprised me the most? I think I'm leaning towards The Good Liar. Mm. Just because it was so much madder than I ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think everything else I expected what I got. Yeah, if anything, they were better than we expected, but only just we didn't expect them to be any good. Yeah. Like, Bright Ben and Shazam, we probably went into with kind of middling expectations. And, oh, yeah. that was actually a lot of fun and well-made. Mm. Ready or not, was really, really good fun, but I think mm. we kind of went in knowing it was going to be really good fun. Yeah, it's what I was hoping for. The good so, lie was yeah. just so, something else, really. Yeah. Eighth grade, we went in with no expectations and were, like, really blown away by how lovely it was. But The Good Liar was, like... I thought it was going to be like a fairly boring drama and it turned out to be something very different. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. Good liar it is. I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah. Is that why you think you do it? For the money. It's the game. It's the adrenaline rush. What if it is? And we're tickety-boo. How much do you think she's worth? Millions. I'm going to take it all. Seems like you've had quite a past, Roy. Enough to last several lifetimes. Okay, next award is the Sleepy John Award for being the most boring movie of 20... Great, okay, the most boring movie of 2019. Nominations are Dumbo, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Men in Black International, Terminator Dark Fate, X-Men Dark Phoenix, The Irishman, Lady and the Tramp. Okay. I mean, I literally slept through Terminator. Mm. So that wins. But I mean, there were factors that were not involved in the film. I didn't find the Irishman to be that boring. It was just too long. See, I did, but I'm going to respect your lack of that. Okay. I think my nomination probably goes to Terminator. Mm. Well, I literally slept through it, so mm. I, I can I because, can get on Because board with that. nothing was new. Yeah. Nothing was new. Nothing surprised me. Mm-hmm. I'd seen it all before in many other Terminator films. Mm-hmm. So I think it's right that that film wins the inaugural Sleepy John Award because I literally slept through it. So sure. yeah, cool. Terminator Dark Fate. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. This next one, it's uh, it's a bit of a big one. Um, oh, gosh, yes. So you you can just give me a yep or a nope as we go through if you like. Okay. So best fight scene. So we have Thanos versus Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. Is that an Endgame? Yeah. Sure. Um, the Avengers Assemble moment also an Endgame. Sure, yeah. The Climax of Glass. No. <laughs> Is that an absolute no? That's a definite no. Okay. Shazam versus Mark Strong monologuing. Oh, he was monologuing. For, I, that was a fun scene. Mm. Uh, Dark Phoenix versus The Train. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Godzilla versus the Three-Headed Monster, whatever that was called. Yes. Yes, okay. Mm. Uh, Brightburn versus their parents. Bit too one-sided to be considered a best fight. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Spider-Man versus Mysterious Illusions. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm, yeah. that, that was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Pitt versus Bruce Lee. Also pretty good. That was a, f- a fair highlight. Yeah, that's, that that, that's a favourite of mine so far, I think. Yeah. Um, Pennywise versus Everyone's Beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Brad, B- Brad Pitt versus a monkey. He didn't really fight it that much, did he? No, he exploded it with an airlock. Oh, he did. That was pretty good, but I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if it counts as a full fight. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Rise of Skywalker, lightsaber fight by the Death Star. Do you remember? Yeah, is that... When, with Rey and Kylo Ren. Ka- oh, yeah. When she eventually kills him and then brings him back to life and stuff. Spoilers. Yeah, it was decent. Yeah. Sure, okay. Uh, then last one, The Rock versus 200 people in Jumanji. What were the two? Remember people? when he's just like in a room and he's just really enjoying punching people because he's Danny DeVito at the time. Oh, yes. Yes, that, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Okay, I think I'm tending towards Brad Pitt versus Bruce Lee. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That felt like a really good moment, and that felt very Tarantino, like one of the rare Tarantino moments in that yeah. film. I'd um, go with that, because, yeah, thinking about... I mean, it it'd be it will be for you to pick the best Marvel-related fight scene. If you, mm. if you think that tops all of them, then I, I can only go along with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because they are so different. Yeah. Like, when everybody gets together in Avengers... Like, or 200 people or whatever. Yeah, that was a good, that, that was a really good, like, satisfying fight scene of having, like, all of those multiple characters yeah. come together at once. A lot of things had built up. There was up. a lot going on. A there. lot of things had built up to, uh, to built up to that right there. Yeah. So, there was, I think there was a lot to enjoy in that scene. Can I give a draw? <laughs> Weird. I don't know why I'm defending Endgame more than you. I feel like I'm more of leaning towards Endgame. All right. It was oh, such an go, epic fight scene. Let's go with Endgame then. Yeah. All right. I'm very happy with that. 
Cool. So this one only has two nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Best On-Screen Ford. Okay. It is The Cars in Le Mans 66. Sure. Or Harrison Ford. Oh, okay. I think Harrison Ford... He's had, always got... He, he, had, he had more of a character, didn't we he? We don't care about cars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always Harrison. Yeah. He exploded last times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he did. Spoiler, Harrison Ford does not explode in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. So the best on-screen Ford goes to Harrison. Perfect, yes. Lovely. An, an award he can win every year. Uh-huh. Um, okay, this one... Big one for the boxies. Mm-hmm. Best wig. Best wig of 2019. Mm. I need to think about some of the films we've seen and some of the wigs we've seen. Okay. The favourite? Yeah, that was pretty wiggy. I think uh, Nicholas <laughs> Holtz's wig. The guy. Nicholas you know, the one who was um, Holt. in yep. Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, totally. That Glass. Was... Samuel Jackson's wig. Oh, yeah, that, that was pretty wiggy, yeah. Can you ever forgive me? Yeah, she, oh, she was wearing a pretty wig, a big wig, yeah. Endgame, Thor. Yeah, Thor had a good wig, yeah. Yeah, um, also, Captain America had some pretty good hair in Endgame. <laughs> Cats. I mean, does that count? Because they're not humans. Yeah, I'm not even sure what was real. I mean, they were wearing like facial wigs, maybe. Like, I don't know. Okay, so the nominees for best wig are Nicholas Holt from The Favourite, Samuel L. Jackson from Glass, uh, Melissa McCarthy from Can You Forgive Me, Thor from Avengers Endgame, and Cats. <laughs> not sure who I'm making Cats, but just anybody in Cats. Uh, what do you think there, John? Uh, I think Thor has a pretty good wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to give the wig of the year to Thor? I don't know. I mean, the favourite was the biggest. Actually, no, the wiggiest wig definitely goes to the favourite. It does. Yeah. It does. I'd love to give it to Thor. Though Thor does have a wig beard. He does. Yeah, there you go. So he's got a facial wig and a, mm. a follicular wig. But no, you're right. So yeah, the wig, wiggiest wig of the year has to be Nicholas Holtz in the favourite. It was huge. Yeah. It was great. It, yeah. It, it was its own character. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. next up we have... Best use of saying the name of a movie within that movie. Oh, okay. So, Cats. Mm, nope. I, I mean, like it was so much. I'm, yeah, but I don't feel like it was the best it wasn't use. wasn't iconic. Because it was just one of the two words in the movie. Okay. 21 Bridges. Yeah, no. No. I'm going to discount Judy because it was her name. That's cheating. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Joker. How often did they, Oh, they did say it a few times. Yeah, he did say Call Me Joker. Call Me Joker, which is kind of an iconic ending. So that, yeah, that's a strong yeah, 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 yeah. Or... Final nomination, Godzilla. I think it's got to be it's Godzilla. It's got to be Godzilla. That yeah. line is right up there. Godzilla. Godzilla. Or, or just, oh my God. <laughs> Zilla. Oh. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Cracked me up. Yeah. Oh my God. Zilla. Okay, the next award is the best and worst old man trying to act like a younger version of himself, i.e. the best motion capture performance. Okay, interesting. So nominees are... Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. Sure. Stan Lee in Endgame. Mm-hmm. We have also Thanos and Hulk also in Endgame. Sure. Was Thanos de-aged? I mean, he's always he's, CGI. He's motion capture. I didn't say de-aging. Oh, it's just a best performance. This is just best performance in motion capture. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So Thanos and Hulk both motion capture. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody in The Irishman. Mm-hmm. And we also have young versions of Luke and Leia in Star Wars. Okay. So are we looking for the best or the worst? Because you've normally you put them both in the. Yeah, let's look at both. Okay. For me, I'd say the worst is probably... These are all pretty good. So, unfortunately, I think it's got to be the young Leia. She's only, yeah. she's only in it for a couple of seconds. But it looks pretty waxy, yeah. Yeah, it didn't look very good. No, I'd go with you on that. The best, on the other hand... I found the Irishman quite flawless, but yeah. I did also find Thanos and Hulk pretty incredible. Mm. They looked fantastic. I think mainly Hulk which is my nomination yeah I like. I feel like Thanos didn't have enough to do in this one compared to the previous one he didn't really have a lot of close up face shots no yeah yeah I think the Irishman as much as I moaned about it like it was still very impressive mm. and yeah Hulk was a lot of fun yeah what do you want then Hulk yeah, let's go with Hulk Bye. Hulk it is okay next up we have the best villain sure nominees are the Emperor I'm guessing that's from Star Wars Yes. Palpatine. Yes. Yeah, we have Thanos. Mm-hmm. We have Mysterio. It's a good list so far. Yeah. Doctor Sleep. For, well, I, I think that's uh, Rose the Hats, is it? Sure, yeah. Yes, the, the, the um, character played by Rebecca, Fer- yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, not that interesting. Uh, everybody's alter ego from us. Yeah. The cat in Pet Cemetery. Okay, yeah. That was a good evil cat. Yeah, yeah. Good evil cat. Okay, Jafar and Scar, I'm saying no. <laughs> no and no. Ma? Yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brightburn? Kind of, kind of, yeah. 
Swedish people in Midsommar. Ooh, ooh yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. Yeah. More so in the first one. Yeah. The Monkey in Ad Astra. Mm, a oh, bit, yeah, yeah. Society in Joker. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Too. Sure, sure. Uh, the Whole Family in Ready or Not. Yeah, yeah. The Whole Family in Knives Out. Yeah, though I think Ready or Not takes it of those two, actually. Probably, yeah. They were more explicitly evil. Yeah. Uh, the app in Countdown. <laughs> I guess, yeah. yeah. And any sense or explanation in Cats. Yeah. Yeah, that really was their villain. Mm. Um, I'd say of a serious answer, uh, mm. <laughs> I think I'd like to go with Mysterio. I was leaning towards that too. Yeah. I think we need to give Jake something. Yeah. He was a that's, very that's good it. It's, it. That's definitely it. Yeah. Great villain performance there from J.J. Hall. As a less serious answer, the Cat and Pet Cemetery is a, is a good choice. Yes. Yeah, I want to go to the Cat and Pet Cemetery. Cool. Oh, really? I'm, I'm going to stick with Mysterio. Just I no, no, I, I meant of my non-series villains. Of your non-series, okay, sure. Of the more, more joke villains that, okay. we've, that we've put in here. Honourable mentions of the cat from Pet Cemetery. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. Are you happy with that? I'm very happy with that, yeah. Okay. Another one here. Best exposition. Ooh, ooh, there's been some big exp- exposition films this year. Yeah, so obviously the, the standout at the moment is Knives Out. Yeah, Daniel Craig did some great exposition. Can we beat Knives Out in any way? Glass was all... Ex- Glass would be worse exposition. Glass was all exposition. Glass. The Good Liar had a lot of exposition. Oh, God, yeah, of course it did. Vice. Oh, yes. That was Vice has exposition, for sure. Okay, so nominees for best exposition are Knives Out, Glass, The Good Liar, and Vice. Where do you want to go on that? I think it's got to be Knives Out. It's yeah. the delivery... The Good Liar was... The Good Liar was great, but the whole movie of Knives Out was just so much fun exposition. Like, I don't know. I'm torn between the two. Really? I mean, but it was, just imagine Ian, McKellen, Ian McKellen's face when she's like, he wasn't my grandson. He was my grandson's gay lover. Okay, you know what? You're right. You keep going back to that line and that is... That but is. then also, go back to Knives Out and imagine like the two cops and one of them's going, shh, 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 he's explaining it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And Daniel Craig's going on about donuts. Like... It, it, it. It's a hole within a donut, within yeah. a hole within another donut. Do you want to have the first tie of the evening? God damn. Yeah. It's a tie between Good Lie and Knives Out. Great. That is a close call. Oh, yes. That is a very good category. Okay. Next one, a uh, personal favourite of mine Best Missable Gay Representation. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker for the easily lifted out lesbian kiss in the background. <laughs> yep. We have Avengers Endgame for random extra who just mentioned his husband in passing for no reason. Yep. The Irishman for the scene when literally some side characters is described as a fairy. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Judy for the two gay fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Good Liar for my grandson's gay lover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It for the very soft-pedaled potential homoerotic relationship between <laughs> Bill Hader and the other guy whose name I forget. Oh, uh, you know what? I've forgotten about that. I was more thinking about the gay hate crime that happens at the start of the movie. Oh, there is that too, yeah. I feel that's more than you'd think. Yeah. None of it very good, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and Green Book for Mahershala Ali, mm. his character is caught shagging a man in a bathhouse or something, but yeah. gets arrested. Okay, so best missable gay representation. I think it's got between Return of Skywalker and Endgame. I think it's it's, it's right. The, those two Rise of Skywalker yeah. because that one, like you say, it can just be cut out it's so simply. Yeah. Whereas in in Endgame, like it it, it yes, it's very small, but it but does have it serves the plot in a in a tiny tiny way. If you cut that out, you have to cut out that entire scene. Yeah, no, you're right. Skywalker is the most egregiously. Oh, let's just throw this in. Yeah, know, just because. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Rise of Skywalker has the most missable gay representation of any major film this year. Brilliant. Uh, So next up, we have the weakest link in an ensemble cast. Ooh, interesting. So ensemble cast movies that we have. We have Endgame. Mm -hmm. We have X-Men. Yep. We have Star Wars. Yep. We have uh, Knives Out. That's in pretty much every category, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, What else have we got? Cats. Toy Story. Sure. I think that counts. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Ready or not? Sure. I mean, there's not that many it's not, big it's not, stars. It's not really an ensemble cast, no, is there's it? there's not many people who are that famous, in it? Is The Irishman an ensemble cast? I would say so, yeah, I guess. Mm, Jumanji? Yes, definitely. Mm, yeah, that's it. The nominees for The Weakest Link in an ensemble cast is Endgame, 
X-Men, Star Wars, Knives Out, Cats, Toy Story, The Irishman, Jumanji, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and The Lion King. Should we very quickly say who we think our weakest link in these films is? Probably should, yeah. So Endgame, this is more you than me. Who would you think is the weak link in Endgame? I'd say uh, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. Sure. What reason would you give for that? He's the most lift-outable. Sure. Yeah. He's got the worst haircut. He does have terrible hair. Yeah. Uh, X-Men, Dark Phoenix. I would say it is um, what, uh, Sophie Turner herself. Sophie Turner, really? Okay. The, the, the lead actor. Mm-hmm. She's quite <laughs> indifferent in it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, you know what? She really is genuinely the weakest link in that film. Okay. I mean, there's not a lot to choose from, but sure, yeah. Mm. Star Wars? Who would you say is the weakest link in the Star Wars ensemble cast? Hmm, interesting. I don't think anyone was that bad. No, they weren't really, were they? It made good use of its cast. I think everybody was quite even. I would say let's take that out. I feel like there was no weak link in I think that's There's true. no one obvious weak link in Fair thing to do. All right, Knives Out. Again, it's just a really good cast. I don't think anyone was a weak link. I think everyone was fabulous. Take it out. Cool. Cats. Ooh, okay. Who was the one weak link in Cats? Who was the one who wasn't bringing their 100%? Yeah. I found Rebel Wilson pretty annoying. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's perfectly fine to me. Toy Story. Take it out. Take it out, yeah. The Irishman. Take it out. It's barely an ensemble, to be honest. Jumanji. Again, they're all pretty good. Mm. Maybe Nick Jonas. Yeah, Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas in in Jumanji, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Margot Robbie for not being in it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And The Lion King obviously goes to Shortage for. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Okay. What do you think? I would say this is between Sophie Turner and Shiratua Jafar. I want to give it to Sophie Turner. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's her movie and she doesn't really deliver, so... Yeah, and this, yeah. Is, the, this is her second movie as well in the X-Men yeah. franchise. She's not brand new to the role. No. Sure, okay. So, ba- weakest link in an already bad film. Sorry, Sophie Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, okay. Cool. Um, okay, we have two categories that are pretty similar next. We have the best worst movie and the worst best movie. Okay, so I think the best worst movie basically needs... <sighs> It's These are so, like entertainingly so, 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 bad. Yeah, entertainingly bad. So Cats is up there. Uh, it's Cats. It's just it's, Cats. It's, it's Let's cats. just save some time. It's yeah. Cats, yeah. <laughs> now, worst best movie. So this is a movie that should have been really good, I guess, but didn't work out. All right, okay. Um, so I guess you found The Irishman really boring. Mm. We both found Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a little underwhelming. Yeah. Hmm. Would you say Vice because it got loads of Oscar nominations, but we both actively oh, hated it? Yeah, yeah no, that's... Should we just that, say that's the winner? That definitely is. Yeah. In terms of a film that was critically acclaimed, but we both hated Vice. Yeah, yeah certainly. Okay, best kiss in a movie. Okay. Any standout to you? Well, we've got um, Star Wars. We do with we, the lesbian, the, the lift outable lesbian We kiss. have both the lesbians. Also, we do have Ray and Kylo. Okay, sure. I, I, was, I wasn't here for that at all. To be no, honest. God. No. The worst kiss in a movie. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a kiss in Cats. I don't think it was one in the Irish. <laughs> Thank <one>. God. <laughs> Can you imagine if this started like full mouth to mouth on Cats? Uh, Lady and the Tramp? I don't... Oh, well, there, was the, there was the spaghetti... I mean, no. But there was, there was the spaghetti scene. <laughs> Horrifying. Joker had a very bad kiss. What was that? It was him and uh, Zazie Beetz in his imagination. Oh, okay. <laughs> fantasy kiss. Great shot. Yeah. Yeah. Depressing fantasy kiss. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. There's not much more than that. Oh, Spider-Man did kiss um, Zendaya. Great. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so what are the nominations then? We have Return of, the, Return of Skywalker, mm-hmm. which can be either the gay kiss or it can be Ray uh, and Kylo. Sure. Otherwise known as Raylo, I guess. <laughs> um, we have Lady in the Tramp, the spaghetti scene. Sure. We have Joker kissing Jay-Z Beats in his imagination. And we have Spider-Man kissing Zendaya. Zendaya. Not a very strong category, really. It's a bit rough, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Spider-Man and Zendaya. Yeah, at least the, they were cute. Because it's the only one that borderline works. Yeah, I would I, agree. Like, I didn't feel the chemistry between them, Not, but it's you know. it's better than anything else here. Yeah. Okay, and so the next award, Best Ensemble Cast. Oh, okay, so nominees here. Knives Out is obviously a nomination. Yes. Uh, we have Cats. Cats. Avengers Endgame. Endgame. We have... Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. We have Ready or Not. Yeah. I think that's all. Jumanji? Yeah, Jumanji, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. So the nominees are Knives Out, Cats, Endgame, Rise of Skywalker, Ready or Not, or Jumanji. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Knives Out. That's what yeah. My, that's what my heart's... I mean, Avengers Endgame does have a very good ensemble cast. It does. They're the two, I think. But it does. 
Oh, it's difficult. Rise of Skywalker's got a pretty good cast, it to does, be honest. It does, but I wouldn't say everyone's firing on all cylinders in the same way as Knives Out and Endgame. Everyone's like... What about Jumanji, then? Yeah, but it's it's a, it's an inferior sequel. That's the only thing. It is a very good ensemble. We're just talking about the cast, though. Just the cast. I know. True, 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 yeah. Mm. No, I still feel Knives Out. You still thinking Knives Out? Just such a delight. Mm. I'm thinking Endgame because there was a bit more even screen time. Yeah, that's them. fair. That's very fair. Like, a lot of people had a lot to do. Yeah. What I'm happy that? to give it to Endgame. I, I, I'd like to give it to Endgame, I think. Okay, let's give that one to Endgame. Pretty much every main character had a had a story arc in that film. Yeah, yeah. And in, we already identified that there were no weak links. In, in, in Knives Out, a lot of people didn't really... A lot of people were sidelined. Whereas, yeah, Endgame did serve most of the characters very well. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay, and the final category of the night... Excellent. One I really hope we get a chance to come back to every year. I hope so too. Yeah. Is the best cats best cat in a best performance by a cat in a movie. So we have nominees: Pet Cemetery, Evil Cat. Yeah, we have Captain Marvel's pet. Oh yeah, what was that cat called? The one that eat eight people. Oh, I forgot what it was called. A blurg, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have the cast of cats, mm-hmm. and finally we have the lions in the Lion King. Well, it's a no to that one. <laughs> the, the big cats don't win this one. Are you saying Beyonce doesn't win the best cat? How not in dare this, you? Not in this context, I'm sorry. No, Beyonce, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I do love that evil pet cemetery cat. It's a very good cat. It's a highlight from that movie. Very good cat. Yeah. Captain Marvel, no, not, not, not much got really. it, was, it was a good joke, but yeah. And the cast of cats, I mean, they weren't really even cats. Mm, yeah, they were jellical cats. They were jellical cats, yeah. yeah. I feel like they're their own thing. Yeah. Their own terrifying, terrifying, <laughs> horrifying thing. So pet cemetery then, is it? I think yeah, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, that was a, that that was a good. There was lots of good dramatic close-ups on that evil cat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Oh. All right. Well, um, does that me, conclude our award show? It does. Give me a little second. I'll just uh, see if there's any totals that are worth noting. Cool. Yeah. I feel like it's been a good spread. Yeah. I mean, some of these awards are positive, some are negative, so I don't really know what to do yeah, about that. Yeah, that's a good that. point. Like, is Dark Phoenix going to be the most awarded film of the year just because it was so shit? So. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> you put us in danger, Charles. You put those kids in danger. They're not kids anymore, Raven. And I care about their safety just as much as you do. It's funny. I can't actually remember the last time you were the one risking something. And by the way, the women are always saving the men around here. You might want to think about changing the name to ex-women. Okay, John, the results are in. Oh, exciting. I've done a positive and a negative... Um, awards column each. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, leading the negative is, of course, X-Men, with four negative awards in its favour. Okay, unsurprising. Um, also negative, we have two awards for Rise of Skywalker. Okay. We have one for Terminator, one for Ad Astra, one for Lion King, and one for Vice. Okay, yeah, quite a, a broad spread then. Um, of those, uh, Ad Astra had one positive award going for it, so it balances that out. cancels itself out, yeah. And for, uh, Rise of Skywalker had two, so that also balances out. Well, that's good. I don't, I don't feel like Rise of Skywalker deserves to be the second worst movie of the year. No. And then also in the positive column, we have one for Judy, one for Cats, mm-hmm. which I think was best worst movie. Sure. That's the, the only thing we gave it. Okay. One for Can You Ever Forgive Me, one for Hustlers. Um, as I said, one for Ad Astra. We also have one for Shazam, one for The Favourite, one for Godzilla, two for The Good Liar, two for Rise of Skywalker, as I said. Spider-Man gets two, Pet Cemetery gets two. Two positive awards for Pet Cemetery. Yep. Uh, well, we finished we, Best Best, best cat. cat, yeah. Um, and, oh, oh, it was a joint and best villain. Oh, okay, with the cat. Okay, fair enough. So, so Pet Cat Pet did a lot of heavy lifting. Pet Cemetery's cat got it, gave it yeah, two awards, yeah. Right. Uh, we gave three to Knives Out. And then six to Endgame. Okay. <laughs> Big I job. sense your your in. Well, I would say no. I think that's fair. We both agreed that Endgame did very well. But yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, it had the best awesome action moment. Mm-hmm. It had. I mean, if it turns out you created all the cast, it had best franchise movie. Mm-hmm. It had the best performance by Chris. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the chances were going to go in. That, its that, that was in its favor. Yeah. The best fight scene. Great. It had the best motion capture. Mm-hmm. And it had the best ensemble cast. Oh, excellent! I think it deserved all of this. I think no, I think that is very. Fair. I don't regret giving it those awards. No. Most of these awards, like some of them, uh, listeners, some of them, me and John came up with on uh, the fly. Yeah. The majority, I got our listeners to uh, 
to, to contribute to, 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 so, to, so, to write in and give, give some ideas yeah so thank you very much if you contributed to this yeah, yeah. thank you so much and sorry we didn't get your names down on it but yeah, well, ah, whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, so that concludes 2019 yeah well I have one more award to give Harry Oh. And that is to the best co-host on a podcast. And that goes to Harry Chappell. <laughs> so I thought you were going to give that to yourself. <laughs> Would I? Some of us are not narcissists, Harry. Oh. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you, can, you can return that as well if you want. But... Why would I return it? You just gave it to me. All right, fine. Keep it. Thank, thanks for this award. <laughs> Great. I, I, I earned it. Sure. Okay. Not all of these categories will return in 2020. Yes. Hmm. Including the best co-host award, which we'll, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe if somebody plays the cards right, <laughs> he might get it. Um, You're better than Ross. Shh. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> uh, cool. That is 2019. Great. So, thank. we hope you've enjoyed listening to this. And, uh, yeah, please let us know your thoughts on some of the best and the worst films you've seen in the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on current cinema releases, make sure you sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set, where you can also get a bunch of other incentives, including the opportunity to pick a film for us to discuss on our, on our main show. You can guest on the show if you would like to. You can get a 30-second ad slot on the main show. And you can access special extended ep- editions of our main episodes. So there's loads of reasons to join our Patreon, as well as just to, you know, be nice and support us and help us along with a bit, little bit of cash. So, mm, yeah. Great. But fact, whether you are a Patreon or a regular listener, thank you very much. We do appreciate all of you very, very much. And we look forward to another great year of podcasting. So, yeah. Yeah. And now we're off to uh, see you in the new year. So we'll see you all in 2020. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And um, yeah. yeah. See you next decade. See you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.